0: Talk Radio Network, VoiceAmerica.com, with Joyce Bender and
1: Disability Matters. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender.
2: And welcome to the show, and as you know, we are celebrating this month, Disability Employment Awareness Month in the United States. And by the way, a great day tomorrow, National Disability Mentoring Day. If you have never participated in Disability Mentoring Day, it is sad that you have not. This is a day for young high school students and college students with disabilities to go on-site to a corporation or to the federal government, spend a day job shadowing. And as you know, with so many people with significant disabilities, unemployed in the United States, this is so important. It is so important, and it is also a challenge to all of you to remember, one person can make a difference. And that example, by the way, is our wonderful guest on our show today. She is one of those people. We are very delighted to welcome to our show the Executive Director of the National Spinal Cord Injury Association, Marcy Roth. Marcy, welcome to the show.
3: Thank you so much, Joyce. Thank you for having me and for all that you do.
2: Well, uh, the feeling is mutual and it's an honor to have you on the show. And for our listeners uh, throughout the world, and let me tell you, Marcy is very well known and has done so many great things. But in case you don't know about Marcy, I thought maybe you could take a few minutes here, Marcy, to tell everyone how you came to be involved as a disability advocate and really became a national civil rights leader for people with disabilities
3: well thank you I, I um it's it's been my life 's work and uh it's uh, uh i've had a great opportunity to work alongside many of of my heroes and uh, have had the opportunity really since I was in high school when uh, to fulfill a, a a community service requirement I first went to work in a state institution and uh it, it was it was really when I was about thirteen years old I kind of looked at the Way that people with very significant support needs were being treated in this this state institution that i I first started to think there had to be a better way um, it's It's really all I've ever done since then it was uh, um, it was it was uh, a big part of my life in my early uh, uh, my youth and my early adulthood, and then along the way, personal experience with disability, family experience with disability and uh now is the parent of, of two children with significant disabilities, and as well as the uh legal guardian for a, a child from uh, iraq who who's had a spinal cord injury it's uh you know disability is just a big piece of every aspect of my life
2: Marcy, you mentioned you were thirteen years old when you did that volunteer work yes you know I hope if you're listening to the show right now, here is a national well known civil rights leader in the area of disability. She started volunteering at the age of 13, and look what happened, which is why I always tell young people, never, ever think you're too young to get involved in advocacy, to get out there and make a difference. You can make a difference whether you're in high school, middle school. You can make a difference early in your life. And, And you know, choice. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead.
3: And and I have to add that that um, uh, as a proud mom, my daughter at uh, a very young age. Her name is Jessa Steinbeck, and uh, um, some of you know her because she worked for the American Association of People with Disabilities for several years. Um, when when Jess was young, she had the opportunity to be one of the first ever mentees for uh, Disability Mentoring Day um, at the first year that the Disability Mentoring Day was held, and uh, her assignment. She spent the day at the White House. Wow. Yeah, yeah. She's now a junior at the University of Miami, and she's planning on uh, going on to law school. Um, And uh, Jess had a stroke when she was 12 and has had uh, a lot of medical problems, and uh, she's, she's doing great. She's on the dean's list, and she's on her way to law school.
2: That is absolutely phenomenal. Wow. Boy, she really started off with a bang.
3: She certainly did. Well, she's had some great teachers, uh, Andy Imparato and Helena Berger at the American Association of People with Disabilities, took her under their wing when she was very young, put her to work, and uh, sent her on her way.
2: That is great. You know what, Uh, Andy Imparato, another great person. I am so proud to be on the board of the American Association of People with Disabilities. And there is another organization that really is making a great difference and a great role model for young people. Absolutely. Um, But good. Congratulations to your daughter. That is outstanding. Thank you. Well, before joining this organization, Marcy, as the executive director, Mm -hmm. you have quite a history of working in advocacy for Nickel and as a grassroots advocate. And a few months ago, I was at a meeting at some fundraiser and. Yoshiko uh, Dart was there. We were talking, and I was telling her how dismayed I am about the employment situation and for people with disabilities and how hard it is to make so many changes and how there's such a need to get people unified, you know, in the disability arena. And, and she pointed out to me that, in her opinion, that Justin always believed that he made it happen because of his work in the grassroots area, that it all starts with, you know, working in the grassroots area. And my question to you is, do you think that would help us in this area of voter registration for people with disabilities, and what ideas maybe you have in that area?
3: Well, I certainly think that, uh, you know, all, all politics is local. All change really is is driven from a, a very local place, particularly as the Internet and, and the ability to communicate becomes uh, so much more a part of daily life. Uh, you know, there are, as, as many people know, there are, are 40 million potential voters with disabilities in this country, 40 million. If, if people were to organize specific to a disability agenda, we could have anything we wanted. And it has been both one of my greatest joys and biggest frustrations. That the disability community has has recognized the opportunity, but has not yet realized that opportunity through voter registration and 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 making our impact very very clear on the larger uh, 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 communities. We have a, a great opportunity. It's ours to take and run with. And and Justin, who was one of my absolute uh, teacher, mentor, hero, um, and I'll talk a little bit about Justin later if I get a chance. But, but uh, you know, I think he was absolutely right that uh, it all starts right in our communities, and everyone can have an impact.
2: Yes, two things I want to say there. One, um, I'm very excited that I will be working uh, as the board member. I'm the one that will be working on voter, you know, the voter registration with Jim Dixon and Andy, and. To me, this is such a great honor because it's very frustrating to me that we have so much power and do not realize it. You know, I have epilepsy and a hearing loss. So there's 2,700,000 people with epilepsy. But there's all these other huge groups in the country that put together make that 40 million potential voters you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And if we would get together, I tell people, I don't care if you vote. Republican or Democrat, I care that you vote. Because if we could go forward to any presidential candidate and say, guess what, we have an extra 10 million votes, what would happen, Marcy? Yeah, You're absolutely right about that. We don't really care who you vote for as long as you cast an informed vote
3: and as long as we are in a position to say to potential candidates, you want our agenda as part of your agenda. Uh, there's a wonderful uh, a, a guy who's running for Congress. His name is Paul Aronson, and he's running in New Jersey. And he has embraced the disability agenda as part of his basic platform. This is a guy who really gets it, that there's an opportunity there to make a huge impact, and voters are going to be very excited about his campaign.
2: Oh, that is outstanding.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I am very excited to hear that but you, but you're right what you said we could we would have so much more power that's right we ha- we really have to get really excited about this we really have to do this and as you said it is from a grassroots level you mentioned Justin Dart um, and that you knew Justin well and i wish that I, I know Yoshiko i wish i had known them longer you know i'm just so blessed that i did get to know Justin and i've had i dare dart on the show a couple times um such a gracious wonderful loving just unbelievable great man do you want to share with the listeners any justin stories
3: you know i really do and i i um, this is this is a i have many stories that i could tell about justin but this is actually i'm going to sto- be a story that i'm going to tell you about um something that happened after he died um, there was a big celebration on the uh, anniversary of the ADA at Union Station. It was a sort of a you know we had a, a memorial that day, a, a huge memorial at a, a beautiful church here in Washington. Um, many many people came, and then we had this big celebration at Union Station. And um, I had the opportunity to to sit with his niece and 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 uh, uh, Mari, and we were we were sitting and talking, and I, I said to her. You know, I have to tell you, I adored that man so much. He was such an incredible man. And I started going into this whole sort of idol-worshipping kind of, you know, you need to know what an incredible man he was. And she looked at me and she said, now you stop right there. And I kind of looked at her and she said, don't do that. Okay. She said, if you were listening carefully to what Justin had to say, you wouldn't put him on a pedestal because that's the very thing that's going to keep us from making progress. If we think that what Justin was doing was, was what we needed in order to make progress, then his message died with him. We need to recognize that each of us has within us the power to make very significant change. So don't idolize him. Make sure that you listened very carefully and that you keep listening to his message through his readings and through other people who he's impacted. And make sure that you do your part to have an impact because that was what Justin's real message was.
2: Oh, and that is exactly what the family is like. I mean, that if you say anything to Yoshiko, I mean, it took everything in the world for Andy to get her to accept that award this year um, at the AAPD award ceremony, and he practically had to force her to accept it, and she said, I will accept it only on one condition, if I can say it's for all the other people. Mm -hmm. And this is how they both were. This is Mm -hmm. someone that really, you know, he really lived it. He really lived what he said. But you're right, he was not an advocate of hero worship. Nope. Nope, but uh, he was a great patriot, no doubt about he, that. He
3: was a magnificent patriot, and mm-hmm. and it is his legacy that we all find that place within ourselves mm-hmm. and maximize it to the best of our ability. And I'm I'm grateful to have the opportunity to have a little bit of impact that I have, um, and and he, I, I I I'm honored to be able to do that in his um, in in partnership with with what he taught me.
2: All right, and with that, we're going to take a break for a minute, and then we'll be right back to talk to a current living legend, Marcy Roth, Executive Director of the National Spinal Cord Injury. This is Joyce Bender. You're listening to The Voice of voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back.
0: The world leader in Internet talk radio. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com.
1: their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at BenderConsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.BenderConsult.com in the U.S. and www.BenderOfCanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.BenderConsult.com.
4: To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. Have you put down the morning
5: paper in disgust because they weren't reporting what you wanted to read? Have you wondered why there aren't more women's voices in the news? Well, so have I, and we're about to change that. This is former Minnesota State Senator Ember Reichgott Young. I hope you'll join me for a new radio show every Thursday all about women on the move. We'll look at what's missing in the news, the issues often ignored in mainstream media, like how does Social Security reform really affect women? Why is the Department of Labor proposing to stop collecting workforce data on women? What role will women play in Iraq's new government? We'll create that debate right here. The Ember Reichgott Young Show will have prominent women you know and inspiring women you don't know. We'll share stories of women's leadership, courage, and vision. We just need you to be part of the conversation, so join us for the Ember got Young Show every Thursday at 1 p.m. Central Time. It's all about you, women on the move, on voiceamerica.com.
0: The world leader in Internet talk radio. Internet talk radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com.
1: If you have a question or comment, please call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender.
2: Welcome back, and we have been talking to Marcy Roth, who is the Executive Director of the National Spinal Cord Injury Association and a real leader in this country for Americans with Disabilities. And actually, Marcy, we have a question for you from Sam in Tennessee. And the question is, uh, Marcy, first of all, congratulations on your position and all the great things you've done. I've followed you for quite some time now, and I'm very proud of you. My question is, do you see leadership in the disability community, I'm meaning leadership that can impact Congress and the White House? That's a great
3: question and I, I you know the, the, the opportunity to talk about leadership particularly as we're celebrating Disability Mentoring Day um, is uh, just a great opportunity um, you know and, and really germane to what I was just saying about Justin um, th- this community can assume as much leadership as we're willing to take on um, in in the days after uh, the the hurricane, it became very clear to me as as I was talking with other people about the, the, as we were starting to recognize the impact that, uh, that the hurricane was having on people with disabilities, we could wait around for other people to assume leadership or we could just step up, just very simply step up and do what we can do and each of us can do something. And some of us perhaps have the opportunity to assume a different kind of or a, or a, or a more visible kind of leadership. Um, if, if, if I have an opportunity and I don't take it, then, then I'm, not, I'm not being fair to the opportunity that's been presented to me. There are millions of people in this country who are counting on each of us who are connected uh, uh, to, to, to disability issues to step up and to take our place to do what we can. So, you know, is there a, is there, is there a, a tremendous opportunity for leadership, boy? Anybody that wants to get involved, anybody that wants to, to, uh, to build their leadership, um, those, those, you know, young emerging leaders, there is plenty of room. Step up, step in, uh, uh, you know, show some initiative. Uh, don't wait around.
2: I agree. You will not be turned away. You will be welcomed with welcoming arms. Am I right about that, Marcy?
3: Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, there's there you know there are there are both formal programs for leadership development. Uh, you know, those of us working in in disability make a real concerted effort to reach out to young people to emerging leaders. Um, there, there's plenty of opportunity there.
2: Well, Marcy, as the executive director of uh, the National Spinal Cord Injury Association, tell us a little bit about the organization. W- well, what I'm is happy. the mission? I'm
3: happy to do that. And um, the National Spinal Cord Injury Association was founded in 1948. We're the nation's oldest and largest civilian organization, dedicated to improving the quality of life for the hundreds of thousands of Americans living with the results of spinal cord injury and disease, and their families. Uh, There are, in fact, at least 30 new spinal cord injuries every day. Uh, NSCIA educates and empowers survivors of spinal cord injury and disease to achieve and maintain higher levels of independence, health, and personal fulfillment. Uh, We accomplish our mission through peer support and by raising expectations about spinal cord injury, uh, raising awareness about spinal cord injury and disease through education, injury prevention, and improvements in medical, rehabilitative, and supportive services, research, and public policy formulation.
2: And if someone wants to get involved with your organization or make a contribution to the organization, how do they do that?
3: Well, we'd love to have people more involved with NSCIA. Membership in our organization is free. Uh, All who have an interest in spinal cord injury or spinal cord disease or the issues affecting people with spinal cord injuries and spinal cord diseases are welcome. um, To become a member or just to get more information, come to our website, which is www.spinalcord.org. and uh, uh, get involved. We have a wonderful resource center staffed by people with spinal cord injuries and uh, by uh, uh, people who provide services uh, to people with spinal cord injuries to provide information, resources, referral. Um, we have a wonderful newspaper, SCI Life. We have an electronic newsletter. We have uh, many programs. This, this past spring we hosted the first Spinal Cord Injury Summit uh here in Washington and uh we inducted the first ever um, uh, spinal cord injury Hall of Fame inductees uh many of whom have been on your show before and uh, others who uh, I'm I'm guessing you're going to want to include at some point uh NSCIA is very committed to building bridges, working with other groups who are specifically involved with people with spinal cord injuries, and then much more broadly the disability community at large.
2: And if, if a private citizen wants to make a donation, to the organization they can do so?
3: If a private citizen wants to make a donation to the organization, there is a, a way to do that right on the website, and certainly they can also just call me, and I'm more than happy to facilitate that. We, uh, um, we because membership is free, and because we're a private nonprofit organization, um, we really do depend on private donors to uh, help us to, to accomplish what, what it is that we, uh, uh, we try to achieve. And uh, my contact information is on the website, so don't hesitate to. All
2: right, let's hear me. that website one more time
3: www.spinalcord.org. All right, spinalcord.org. And you can also just Google spinal cord injury, and I'm proud to say that we pop up first whenever you uh, enter spinal cord injury into a um, search engine.
2: And I would encourage you, they have a tremendous website, great newsletter, great electronic newsletter, but a really tremendous, worthwhile organization. This morning I spoke at Highmark uh, for an hour to 70 people at the request of Ms. Nanda Turk, who is the controller executive at Highmark. And she here's a company where they brought me in to talk about why it's a good investment to hire people with disabilities. I mean, what a great thing that is when a company decides to do that. Mm -hmm. And when we were talking, I told them, so many people don't realize that the ADA and all of it, it's not just written for people with disabilities. You can join this group at any time in your life. And if so, you're going to be so thankful there is an organization like the Spinal Cord Organization that Marcy heads up. It really offers so much support and help and is a leader, for people with disability issues, it is a great organization. Thank you, And, you good. know, um, I was very surprised, Marcy, when you mentioned that when you were talking and you mentioned you just stepped up to help after Katrina, getting involved. And yet, so all my listeners know this, when you would talk to disability uh, leaders, they would say, oh, if you want to know what's going on, you need to talk to Marcy Roth, so You sort of became known, Marcy, as the person, Uh, and it's amazing that you just decided to do that on your own. But I know uh, that many people with disabilities were impacted by the Hurricane Katrina. I wonder if you could tell our listeners, you know, where does that stand, what's going on, and what can people do to help?
3: Well, and I'm I'm happy to talk a little bit about that, Um, and and let me say that that part of the reason that I got involved um, in in, uh, uh, the disaster management issues um, after Hurricane Katrina was because of the involvement I had had um, in uh, uh, the days after the uh, terrorist attacks in New York City and the disaster management issues that were raised then. I worked with uh, the National Organization on Disability and um, other groups when i was still at the national council on independent living nickel um, back in those days in uh, trying to address the needs of new yorkers with disabilities um, as we were dealing with uh, uh you know what had happened in, in new york city and and um so uh, you know it it uh, uh, that experience really very much informed um uh, some of what i was already aware of in when people were reaching out to me in the days um, after the hurricane, but uh you know before I talk about that i, I, I do want to say that um I had a phone call in the morning of the hurricane um uh, and and uh, um, I think there are you know many people um who who on that morning were sort of wondering what was happening for people you know with disabilities down in in uh, in the gulf region and um I had a phone call from a a dear friend and and colleague, um, Susan Daniels, who many of you know. Susan's sister-in-law, former sister-in-law, was uh, living in New Orleans, quadriplegic, had been trying for two days to get uh, evacuated from her home uh, using the paratransit system to uh, the uh, Superdome. Uh, When I got a phone call from Susan on the morning of the hurricane, um, Susan was, was... Quite distraught because her sister in law Benilda cachetta uh, had been unable to evacuate, and uh, I spent most of the day of the hurricane with Benilda trying to help her to get some assistance and at that point, I, I thought it was as simple as just making some phone calls, making people aware that she was there and getting someone to come and pick her and her personal assistance services provider uh, up and take them to the Superdome. I was wrong, and unfortunately. Um, I was on the phone with Benilda when, uh, as she said to me, the water is rushing in. And then her phone went dead. And um, I heard from her personal assistant services provider several hours later. She was on the roof. Uh, She had been unsuccessful in getting Benilda out to the roof.
2: Oh, my goodness. Is that terrible? Yeah. All right. We're going to continue this conversation as soon as we come back with Marcy Ross. This is Joyce Bender. You're listening to The Voice of VoiceAmerica.com. We'll be right back.
0: Bringing the world together. You're listening to America's Voice. Voice VoiceAmerica.com.
1: their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at BenderConsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.BenderConsult.com in the U.S. and www.BenderOfCanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.BenderConsult.com.
4: To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000.
1: Hello, this is Rory Garay, President of Greyhound Pets of America and host of Greyhounds Made Great Pets on Voice America. Join me every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific and 2 p.m. Eastern for an insightful and enjoyable talk about one of man's best friends, the greyhound. Learn about the history of the Greyhound, discuss proper obedience and training techniques, and find out more about the Greyhound racing industry and what they are doing to help the adoption effort of the former race dogs. If you own a Greyhound or just love dogs like I do, join me for Greyhounds Make Great Pets every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific, right here on America's Voice,
2: voiceamerica.com.
0: The world leader in Internet Talk Radio. Internet talk radio. You're listening to America's Voice,
1: voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. If you have a question or comment for Joyce or a guest, please call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now back to Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender.
2: And you know, we're going to be going to a caller here in one minute, but I just want to say... You know, if you were listening to Marcy tell that horrifying story, imagine trying to save someone's life and, and the phone going dead and knowing that you've lost them. Let me, let me just point out something here. Marcy Roth is one of the top disability leaders in the United States. Susan Daniels is a legend in herself who during the Clinton administration was with Social Security and really is the genius behind they take it to work. All right. Now, with all that power, they couldn't save her sister-in-law. That is unbelievable. And and to Susan Daniels, I just want to say, you know, our sympathy goes out to you because you two are a great leader. And with that, I think we have a caller on the line.
6: Hi, um, my name is Carol Kakuzi. I'm uh, from Accessibility Development Associates in in Pittsburgh, and I have a question for Marcy. Marcy, are you there? I sure am. Hi there. Hi, Marcy. Um, I was curious, where do you feel the major gaps were um, or are in trying to um, follow through on the procedures to safely evacuate people with disabilities? And you brought up a very important point about transportation because without transportation, Um, many people with disabilities don't have a way out, even if they can get out of their houses.
3: I'm really glad you're asking that question. And, and in fact, um, if we think that the same paratransit system that generally doesn't do such a great job the other 364 days of the year is suddenly going to do a great job in a disaster, we're wrong. If we think that the same housing system, the same housing stock that has failed people for years is suddenly going to be able to address the housing issues of hundreds of thousands, perhaps a million people um, with disabilities, uh, Secretary Chertoff um, uh, has estimated, uh, we're wrong because our systems have been failing people with disabilities for many 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 years for you know probably forever so you know it's it's critically important that in the midst of all of this that people are supporting the organizations that do the advocacy work that change the way our communities serve people with disabilities people who have a hard time getting to work people who uh, children who have a hard time getting a decent education in our communities all the disaster preparedness in the world isn't going to meet their needs in a crisis, in a disaster, when our communities fail them the rest of the time.
6: Exactly, that's exactly true, and 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 you couldn't have said it better with regards to now that we are actually going to have to rebuild homes and create new transit systems. That this is the time to be able to do it correctly.
3: You and bet, to, and, and it's,
6: that's exactly right.
3: right. There is every crisis brings with it an inherent opportunity. And it's our opportunity. It's our day. It's our time. If 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 you don't know how to get involved, get involved in your local community. Not just in disaster preparedness, because emergency preparedness—that's good stuff. But make sure that you're involved with the community organizations that are going to have to step up. Exactly. To to build that infrastructure and demand that your community. Consider the needs of people with disabilities in all of their planning and in all of what they do. It's an investment in the community. It's smart
6: public policy. And, and with the bus situation in particular, I mean, in most cities at best, public transportation has maybe one or two accessible slots on it That's right. for somebody to, to be able to sit on the That's bus. Right. That's right, and, and there was a requirement um
3: in 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 many of the facilities, the facilities providing services to people with disabilities that they all had um uh you know disaster uh, uh, emergency preparedness plans that included evacuation plans, and they all had an evacuation plan it was part of their requirement to get funding, but it turns out they were all contracted with the same transportation provider for evacuation so As it turned out, there was no coordination, and therefore, one transportation provider was unable to meet the needs of multiple, uh, um, uh, you know, service providers.
6: Correct. Well, thank you very much. Well, thank you. I appreciate the question.
2: Carol, and thank you for calling in. I guess, you know, what this is really saying, Marcy, is... We're going to have to, once again, start at the basics with the infrastructure. What a great example you're giving about paratransit. Because my employees frequently get up at 4.30 in the morning Mm -hmm. because under no circumstances do they want to be late for work.
6: Mm -hmm.
2: You know, you can't go into work and say, sorry, I'm late, it's because of paratransit. And then, of course, there goes the hopes of more people with disabilities getting employed because, let's face it, they don't care. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And so if you have to worry now, What the heck do you think is going to happen when people are hysterical? That's right. That's a really great point that you're making about getting it taken care of now. And I I don't know if you heard, but last week or the week before, Dan Sutherland, uh, it was last week, was on my show from the Department of Homeland Security, and he, too, was talking about uh, the Emergency Preparedness Act and, you know, when it was first signed and what happened. And he talked about, you know, we need to do work to get the state and local governments you know more involved, my question is, how do you do that well
3: and and yes, not only do I know Dan, but I've had the tremendous pleasure of working side by side with him um since the 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 first day first days after the hurricane, uh Dan, who is the director of the Office of Civil Rights and Civil Liberties at the Department of Homeland Security and his team and the interagency Coordinating Council. Um, uh, of the federal agencies who all have responsibility for people with disabilities have been real partners in, in trying to address what has been a very, very complicated and very, um, uh, just, just catastrophic series of, of, of challenges. And, um, um, you know, I think, I think it's very important at this point. Number one, we need to make sure we're not losing sight of the fact that there are people today who are still in shelters, who have no place to live, who have lost everything. I can tell you about my my new friends, Will Marine and Jason Hurst, down in Plano, Texas, who were evacuated from New Orleans, who've lost everything. Jason has spinal cord injury. Um, and I can tell you about those individual stories in, in all four of the states that are affected. At the same time, I can tell you that what we've got to start doing is talking to Congress about what needs to happen from here. Can't lose sight of what individuals need right now, and at the same time, we need to be talking about what, where do we go from here? On November 10th, we just, we just, I was, just came out of a meeting this morning. On November 10th, the Congressional Bipartisan Disability Caucus is going to be joining with six uh, disability organizations to hold a briefing. November 10th, in Washington, uh, Congressman Langevin and Congressman Ramstead are the co-chairs of that uh, Disability Caucus, Congressional Disability Caucus. And, and we're going to hold this briefing to begin a dialogue around what it is that Congress and the government needs to be doing. Um, let me also say, while well, you know, talking about Dan Sutherland and the work that he and his team have been doing, uh, Claudia Gordon, Cheryl King, um, as well, old cantos at the Department of Justice, has worked nights and weekends, hours and hours and hours. Uh, Peg Giannini and her team over at the Department of Health and Human Services, the folks at NITER, there have been so many folks who have really, um, you know, these are folks who have come from the community many times who have, taken on those federal jobs, those are folks who have taken their leadership responsibility um, in a very different way than some of the rest of us. They've actually jumped into the system to try and make the system more responsive from inside, and I'm, I'm very grateful to them for their partnership.
2: Yes, I am too, and I think that is tremendous. Before we move forward, when I was asking what our listeners can do right now, I'll tell you a question that I have. We do still have a lot of people with disabilities in shelters, as you pointed out. John Lancaster was on the show um, a few weeks ago, and he mentioned that one of his concerns is that a lot of the people with disabilities in wheelchairs or with other significant disabilities have been put in nursing homes. What do you think about that? Well,
3: um, I I think we've spent, I've spent much of my career and many of us have spent much of our time trying to create opportunities in our communities so that people either can be prevented from nursing home institutionalization or or, um, can can return to our communities uh, after they've been uh, institutionalized. And and, um, uh, as as we watch the, the numbers of people, who, in the midst of all of this, have found themselves institutionalized it's it's horrifying, and you know you can you can imagine how the conversation will go um, uh, as you know planning um, is is underway in in some communities where you know well, okay, who here doesn't have housing? Well, nobody's going to bring up that individual in the nursing home because they they view that individual as having a nice, safe, warm, dry bed. Uh, they don't get it that 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 the nursing home bed is not an acceptable alternative to helping that person plan for their return to the community, and at the same time, we need to make sure that um that the damage that um, uh, has been you know uh, as as you think about what has happened over the past six weeks and the many, many people who are now in need of services in other parts of the country um, who are evacuees, those people have jumped over people who have been waiting a year, five years, ten years for housing, for community-based services. We can't just be thinking about people with disabilities. um can't just be thinking about evacuees with disabilities. We have to be thinking about everybody. And the fact that, that there are many people whose needs have not been adequately addressed we have huge Medicaid issues. We have huge issues with with uh, education. I'd love to talk about that a little bit. We have many issues, and this is an opportunity to begin to address them in a more global sense, not just simply the the, the evacuees or those folks who who are now in nursing homes as a result of their hurricane
2: uh, uh, evacuation. All right, and if you have not been listening till right now, boy, are you missing out on a great show. We're going to be right back with a true civil rights leader, Marcy Roth, from the National Spinal Cord Injury Association. This is Joyce Bender, the voice of VoiceAmerica.com. We'll be right back.
0: The world leader in Internet Talk Radio. You're listening to
1: VoiceAmerica.com. their Talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you are a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at benderconsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.benderconsult.com in the U.S. and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom, and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com.
4: To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000.
1: Tune in every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for Powerful Prayer with host Connie Coddington. Each week, Connie and her guests will explain the healing system called Christian Science and share stories of how they have used the spiritual laws of God to bring healing to their lives. You can learn how to bring healing to your life, too. So tune in to Powerful Prayer with host Connie Coddington every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time only on Voice America, America's Voice.
5: My name is
2: Maxine Thompson and I am America's Voice. Voiceamerica.com.
0: The world leader in internet talk radio. Internet talk radio. You're listening to America's Voice. Voiceamerica.com.
1: If you have a question or comment, please call toll free at 1-888- Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joyce Bender.
2: And we have been talking to Marcy Roth, the Executive Director of the National Spinal Cord Injury Association. And if you've been listening to the show, you can see why she is a great civil rights leader and a dynamo and has that passion and firepower that you need to make things happen. So if you you have been listening, you need to go to that Spinal Cord Association website at, is it SpinalCord.org?
6: That would be the one.
2: SpinalCord.org and get involved. Get involved. Um, And I, I wanted to ask you, before we end this show, a few last questions. Listeners keep writing in asking us what they can do to help these victims of Katrina with disabilities people with disabilities, mm-hmm. asking how they can help mm-hmm. other people. Mm-hmm. What What is the answer to that?
3: There are a number of things you can do. Um, we have continued a wonderful drive to collect equipment and supplies and um, the information for that is, in fact, on my website. There's a wonderful group, Port Light Strategies, Paul Timmons out of South Carolina, has set up a wonderful system for distributing equipment, uh, durable medical equipment and supplies. Uh, we didn't know quite how to fund that. We, we we went to the federal government looking for some money to get people their wheelchairs or get replacement wheelchairs or get Sterile catheters. We couldn't get the money there. We looked to some of our traditional funders that it wasn't moving as quickly as we liked. And the Muslim Public Affairs Council gave us $25,000 in the first days after the hurricane, allowed Port Light Strategies to rent trucks fill those trucks with uh, durable medical equipment and supplies and get them out to the independent living centers and other community-based service providers in the four states to begin to get people some of that equipment that they had lost. It was a fabulous partnership that that uh, is a model for what we're hoping is going to become a much bigger uh, uh, a partnership. And people can send their equipment and supplies. They can also make donations there. They can also get involved in their local community around not just disaster preparedness emergency preparedness but as well as volunteers with the Red Cross so that what has been a, a somewhat disappointing response from the Red Cross a very dis- disappointing response from the from the Red Cross we can begin to have some impact because of our presence at the front end. People can go and get certified to become Red Cross volunteers so that in an emergency, um, uh, people with disabilities can assume those very important leadership roles on the ground in our communities.
2: That is uh tremendous, and it's that's also kudos to that Muslim organization for coming through so quickly.
3: Isn't that fabulous?
2: Yes, yeah. that truly is. That is really a great thing they did so.
3: Um, and as well, I'd also like to talk about the Disability Funders Network who have um, been collecting uh, uh, donations from um, uh, foundations and corporate donations uh, in order to be able to make grants uh, in a sort of a rapid response way from folks in the community who have a particular need. And uh, I would encourage people to go to the Disability Funders Network um, uh, website, because they also list many other ways that you can get involved and uh, be helpful um, and and as well where individuals can make donations where where it 's really going to have an impact
2: tremendous. Um, I have time here for from a listener. I'm sorry I can't read every email that we receive. I have to say our listening audience is growing gigantic. I mean, we have the greatest listening audience, and I thank all of you for being so dedicated to this show. Uh, But we do have a person in Ohio, Ted, who said, uh, Marcy, my question for you involves spinal cord injury. What support does your organization offer when the spouse wants to leave? We,
3: we, my organization runs a resource center that is staffed by folks who are tremendously helpful in addressing individual issues where they can. We also have fabulous chapters uh we have uh, i think 23 chapters we have a growing chapter network across the country we also have support groups i know here in the greater washington dc area we have a support group for spouses of individuals with spinal cord injuries um unfortunately our local chapter just lost its leader steve toll who was a very dear friend of mine and and a, a true true hero and 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 a wonderful person who made a huge impact steve um, was was instrumental in starting the uh, uh, support group in our local area, uh, I would say starting a support group in your area, and we would be happy to work with you on that, getting involved with your local chapter. Uh, there are a number of things you can do, and if you call the NSCIA Resource Center, you can, you can reach it through www.spinalcord.org. Call our resource center. They can help you connect to some resources in your community to begin to help you to address some individual needs.
2: And I would say in that area, you're not alone. This does happen to, you know, many people where they have this issue, so you're not alone. That's right. I absolutely Um, agree. Marcy, a question I have. You've been doing this now for quite a while, and and you're doing such a tremendous job. And on behalf of all Americans with disabilities, I thank you for all this great work that you're doing. But personally, what are you the proudest of so far? Well, um,
3: you know, this is going to be sort of a, and thank you for your kind words, um, you know, this is going to be sort of a, a, a bit of a double-edged sword. I think, you know, obviously I'm, I'm very proud of, of my children, and, and I will tell you that, you know, my children um, both have very significant disabilities. Um, and uh, I told you a little bit about my daughter, Jessa. My son, Dustin, who's 14, was just admitted to the National Institutes of Health yesterday where he's going to be spending the next four and a half months um, uh, as part of a research protocol to try and address some of his very complicated neurological problems. And, um, in, in fact, you know, I will tell you that one of Dustin's proudest accomplishments, and, and so then mine as his mom, is uh, his, his ability to be of service to our country by participating in research. He's very excited about that um, and being able to help other kids who've been through uh, some of the same things as him. And then I would say... Of, of all of my accomplishments and, and, and of all of the things that I am most proud, uh, in addition to my own you know, personal uh, mom successes, um, it would be to be a, a bridge builder to, um, to be able to organize the disability community so that we can have a demonstrated effect. There are fifty six million Americans with disabilities. There are countless people with disabilities uh, uh, around the world, uh, you know several hundred million people um, uh, around the world with disabilities who, who need those of us who have the ability to make change, to, to be very involved, and I'm tremendously proud of the opportunity to, uh, uh, to, to, to be able to have some impact. Um, it, uh, um, it, it, is, it is tremendously rewarding to me to be able to make a big difference for a lot of people on a regular basis. And I'm I'm grateful for that opportunity.
2: Well, you are making a big difference. You're making a tremendously big difference. Thank you. And, uh, you know, with your son, I just want to say to him, you are definitely a future leader. Obviously, your daughter is. She's on her way to law school. And, you know, congratulations to her. To your son, talk about attitude. Yeah. What a selfless person he is.
3: Well, and, and uh, he he very much is looking forward to being old enough to get involved in some of the youth leadership uh, activities that uh, um, that high school students with disabilities can get involved in. He just started high school a couple of weeks ago, and. Excuse me. He's he's really ready to be involved in that, and uh, so I'm 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 excited for him to have that opportunity. Well, that's
2: good. We'll look forward to him being on the show.
3: Well, thank you, and I I bet he'd love that. And and as well, um, Matawa, the uh, Iraqi child that I mentioned, who I have legal guardianship for, uh, she'll be back here in the United States fairly soon, and. she is uh, very hopeful that she's going to have an opportunity to have impact for other Iraqis with disabilities. Um, she, unfortunately, was spinal cord injured in an errant uh, mortar attack on her family's home. And uh, she has uh, she has great hopes for her future, and I have great hopes for her future.
2: Wow. Well, listen, Marcy, before we go, do you have a final message for our listeners today?
3: I, I would say don't wait around for somebody else to tell you how to get involved Figure it out. Um, it, it, it just find something to do. Better to better to do something that might have been the wrong thing than to do nothing at all. Jump in, get involved, make a difference.
2: Well, then we always end every show with a quote from a famous civil rights leader. So you know, after hearing her say that, it just has to be Justin Dart, who said on July twenty second, nineteen ninety nine, "Get into empowerment. Get into empowerment. Educate others to vote for self." And for all, but you know what? Voting alone won't do it. Winning politics is a 365-day affair. Volunteer, advocate, lead, said the great Justin Dart. And with that, Marcy, thank you for being with us. We'll look forward to having you on again. Good luck to you in your work. And to all of my listeners, this show is about quality of life for people with disabilities. You're listening to Choice Bender, The Voice of voiceamerica.com. See you next week as we celebrate Disability Employment Awareness Month. Bye-bye.
6: Thanks for
5: having me.